Happy New Year's, everybody. This is Canada from Canada's Pinball Podcast, episode 437 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm super excited to talk to you on this episode because I am going to give you my review. One man's opinion. This is not the law. This is not facts. These are 100% my opinions about Stranger Things Pinball. Now, I was lucky enough to be invited over to Jack Bar in New York City and play their game. John invited me down there. I played it for two hours straight today. Two hours uninterrupted before Jack Bar even opened up. The volume was cranking. The game was set up perfectly. Perfectly. I'm going to talk about that. I was able to hit Demogorgon shots. I was able to hit everything that's in the game. I didn't have any issues with the way the game shot. And, and, and I could hear the game. I could hear the game because the night before that, I went to Sunshine in Brooklyn. And when the full arcade is going, you cannot, you cannot hop on a pinball machine on location when it's loud and, and, and get a sense of what the game is going to be like other than the shot geometry. So super excited to share my thoughts about Stranger Things with you on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. And I don't know about you, but I've had a great holiday season. It's been great. We've had family over. We've traveled to visit family. We've watched Bubba beg for food nonstop. And the holidays are a time in which we should all be happy and thankful for all that we have in this world. And I don't know about you, but if you've been on Pinside the last couple weeks, it has been the most toxic place, the biggest dumpster fire lately, where everyone's just bickering and arguing and personally insulting each other back and forth because we're talking about pinball. And before I give you my Stranger Things opinions, I just want to say, can we all collectively in 2020, when we're sharing what we think about these non-essential grown-up toys, just treat each other with a little bit more respect and understand the context of the stupid thing you're arguing about. There's no right or wrong with most of this stuff. Almost all pinball out there is F-U-N fun. It's a toy. It's a game meant for five minutes. Get that? Five minutes of enjoyment at a time. It was never meant to fix your marriage. It was never meant to make you get over your in-laws. It was never meant to be the most important thing in your life. It was never meant to be the thing that you travel the world to seek out. It's just a freaking game. And, and I read people talking to each other and it's like, my God. And I get it. I get it because during the holidays, a lot of people have off from work and they're not doing their normal routine. And so Pinside becomes this place in which people spend a lot of their time, an inordinate amount of time during the holidays. And it's amazing, though, how negative people are, especially when what we're doing is debating brand new games that are coming out. Brand new games, right? It's 2020, and we have a ton of pinball options available today. We have a ton of pinball options about to be available on the horizon. And here's the good news. For all of you grown men out there who constantly whine and moan on Pinside, nobody is making you buy any of these pinball machines. None of these manufacturers made these games to personally offend you. I know that you have a megaphone. I know you feel really important. 
because your pinball thing, that your opinion, it's not just that you have an opinion. It's that you your dire need to prove other people wrong every single moment of every single day. My God, it gets old. It's more healthy to just listen to pinball podcasts. And speaking of, did you hear Scott Denise's interview on Slap Safe Pinball? Absolutely incredible. If you do anything, listen to that interview. Listen to Scott Denise talk about Rick and Morty and get excited for his game because I love hearing from the young talent in this hobby and I love it when Scott says, hey, did you feel pressure when the game sold out to deliver a great game? And he's like, absolutely. I feel tremendous pressure to make this game as good as I can make it. I love it. I love it. We need more of that young energy and enthusiasm in the hobby, all right? So guys out there complaining about your Rick and Morty spots and about Stranger Things, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Just be happy you're getting a Rick and Morty if you are, and just be happy that Stranger Things is available for you to buy or not buy, okay? Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about Stranger Things. So two hours on this machine. And I'll say this. It's really hard to review a game that's not finished. And that always is a huge caveat when you play a game this early on. And it's still very early on in this game. I can see where they're going with it, though. I can see where they're going to take it. And there's some good. There's some bad. There's some ugly. There's things I loved. There's things I didn't love. And what I want to do on this episode is I just want to give you one man's opinion about Stranger Things, the pro edition of the game, on .75 code, okay? Now, I'm just going to go a little bit all over the place on things I like, things I didn't like. I'm not going to go down a laundry list. I'm not going to score things with numbers that don't matter. I'm not going to, you know, give the game a B to B minus and tell you to go buy it. I'm going to just share with you Canada's two-hour feelings on Stranger Things, okay? So just, just remember that as we go down this journey. So first and foremost, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. Let's just start with when you first walk up to the game and you first look down and you stare at the game, the first thing that goes through my head when I looked at the game was, it's another Stern machine. And what do I mean by that? It's another Stern machine. Well, I get get that Stern made this machine, but there's just a sense, and again, maybe it's because this game was right next to Willy Wonka, and, and I played Elvira, I played Jurassic Park, I've been playing a bunch of Sterns lately, and I also played Whitewater, and Medieval Madness, and I played Theater of Magic, and Toten. You know, I played all these games over the last 48 hours. When you walk up to a modern Stern, you know, I just can't help but feel that there's a level, I think the word is just, it just feels a little cheap. It just looks a little cheap. And it looks a little bit like it should cost, uh, you know, I'm going to just say, these games just look like they're not worth what, the asking prices for these games anymore. And they're, they're just starting to look really cheap. And there's not a lot to look at. And, th- and that's the thing is like when you look down at it, there's, you know, the big center thing that's covered by the, the laboratory. But, but then there's nothing else. There, there's nothing that will jump out at you in this game. Okay, but I, I got over that pretty quickly because I think almost all Sterns nowadays, all modern Sterns, look somewhat cheap. They, they've done a good job masking that with the artwork and, and with other elements of like, you know, whether it's like LE armor and whatnot or toppers. But for the most part, these games don't, you don't stand over a stern and, and just, you know, it doesn't ooze 
like high-end premium pinball. But again, this is the pro edition of the game. Now, the thing that's interesting is the premium and LE is not going to look much better in this game because not, not, not much is going to be added to this game at all. In fact, stuff will be taken away. Uh, without the projector being on, we're going to talk about that. You're going to get l actually probably less to look at until that thing is turned on. And so this is not going to be a game in which you see a, a very big visual difference in terms of, wow, there's a lot more in the premium NLE. It's not going to have like the upper play field at, or the lower play field or something that really jumps out as being significantly different as you upgrade models in this game. And, and I'm going to say this at the end of this show, but I kind of feel like the pro is the way to go on Stranger Things. And I'm going to explain why as I get to the end. So as you all know, it's a fan layout, and I, I now know what a fan layout is, and I'll say this. The game shoots great. The game shoots phenomenally well, and what I like about this game, and even though it's a fan layout, I like the fact that every shot in the game is very makeable. There is nothing that you want to shoot at in Stranger Things that is too difficult to hit, there's nothing that's clunky. There's nothing unsatisfying because it's like you can't quite get there. This game shoots buttery smooth and it's fast and it's got flow. And man, when you're nailing those ramps back and forth, when you're nailing that right, no, sorry, the left orbit just loops around, you keep nailing it and nailing it and it's great. I love an orbit shot that is not too tight. It is so frustrating to me when you have shots that are designed to create speed and flow, but you make the entrance to those shots way too difficult. And so there's nothing more rewarding than having orbit shots you can hit. And we've all played games, especially newer games, in which that's not been the case and there's a lot of clunkiness in the design. So kudos to Brian Eddy for designing a game in which it's fast, it has great flow because when you put those two things together, speed and flow, it makes shooting the game a lot of fun because you, you, you feel like you're accomplishing the shots in the game without feeling like the game is unfairly treating you as the player, okay? So for shots in this game, you know, I, I think it shoots great. So moving on from there, let's talk about the Demogorgon toy in the middle. Because there's been a lot of back and forth about, is this thing stupid? Does it work well? Does it not work well? Can you hit it? Can you get the ball inside the mouth? How does it look? Does that real estate look silly in the game that, you know, that it's like pushed forward so much? Let me start out by saying it's a tale of two Demogorgons because I played two Stranger Thing Pro machines. I played one at Sunshine Laundromat. I believe it was set up too steep. And on their game, and this was this was all day long last night at Sunshine, on their game, I never got the ball inside the mouth of the Demogorgon. And the ball kept ricocheting off the Demogorgon and hitting the glass. And everyone I saw play the game at Sunshine was whacking the ball off the glass and not having any success. At Jack Bar today, a different game, different setup, setup not as steep, I hit the Demogorgon shot in the middle probably about 70% of the time, which, which is 
which is great. I mean, it it, it was not hard. I, I hit it like 10 times in a row, then I missed it a bunch of times. It gets harder to hit it when you have a multi-ball going. Now, look, this center ramp, when it comes down, it's not the most aesthetically aesthetically pleasing thing. I also think the toy itself, uh, when, when you start to battle it, there's just something that's just, it just doesn't give you the same level of excitement and it doesn't feel as like like magical as when you're battling the, the, the UFO and attack from Mars. It's just, there's something about it. It's just, it's fine. But, it, you know, once you shoot it into the mouth, then it's over. Like, you, 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 you kill it, and then you're back playing the game. It sort of feels just like a side mission or a side objective in this game is to battle the Demogorgons. But then it's like, why did they give that toy, which they could have put somewhere else in the game, to be honest. Why did they make that toy so front and center? And I think the answer lies in what they wanted to do with the projector gimmick, which we're going to talk about. When, when you're playing the game, I actually had a lot more fun trying to start the different modes from the show. And you, you accomplish that by shooting the different shots on the orbits and on the ramps. And I think you shoot them two or three times and that qualifies a mode and you start a mode. And to me, that's where the real fun of this game is, is when you start the modes because then you are in the world of Stranger Things and you are part of a Stranger Things moment that you remember. And you have to be a fan of the show or you won't really know what any of those scenes or moments are because that's one of the big issues I had with this game. One of the if I were to say the biggest issue I had with Stranger Things Pinball after playing it today is I really just don't understand what I'm doing in the game. And here's what I mean by that. As the player of the game, I don't even know who I am. The game itself has no real introduction. You hit the start button, you get the Christmas light image up on the screen, and there's zero callouts. There's nothing. There's nothing to tell you, like, welcome to Hawkins. Like, hey, like, let's go find the, the kids to go save Will. There's absolutely no guidance or there's no beginning of a journey that's communicated in this game at all. And I know that that might come later on in the code, but I find it hard to believe that something that's not coded from the very beginning of this game is just some guidance for the player on what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, it makes no sense to me that as the player, you should be confused about who you are in the Stranger Things universe and what your mission is to do. You know, it, it doesn't spell out clearly, like, are you trying to collect all the kids to go save Will? Are you, what, what, I, you know what I'm saying? There's just absolute, are you, are you Hopper? Are you the cop? And you, got, you have to, like, try and help them, like, figure out a way to, like, defeat the evil Demogorgons. It's really confusing to me why games are coded this way. And, and I do think that if I had one big gripe, it's like when you play this game, it just feels, it reminds me a little bit of Wonka in the sense that all these different clips and modes are in there, but there's just no cohesiveness to it. And, and, and maybe that's going to come and maybe that's not. And maybe, you know, tournament players don't care about that when they say how great the game is. But as a home buyer, I would want more from the code, way more than is currently in the game right now. Is that too much to ask? 
you know, it is it too much to ask that you just want to feel more connected to the property and the franchise. And that's the job of the coder, in my mind, is to figure out a way in which they're going to assemble all of the things and all of the different scenes and modes from the show in a way that makes sense. And right now, when I see what Lonnie's doing with this game, it just feels a little chaotic. It feels like it's like a little bit all over the place. You've got HD clips from the show. Then you've got these like Miami Vice sort of highly stylized, you know, 1980s retro uh, animations come up for like when you lock a ball and this and that. Then you've got Demogorgon uh, animations that all look different. So you've got all these different styles going on and it, it just doesn't, I, I, I don't know, it just feels like all over the place. And, and I think what they needed to figure out, and I'm not sure how they're going to do this, is, is a way to pull you through the Stranger Things journey in a way that's just much more connected. And, and, and is I don't know, there's just too much going on while there's not a lot going on, if that makes sense. Because it's all over the place. Like, I just, like, I'll give you an example. And I know you, I use Batman a lot, but I just love the way that Lyman Sheets had, like, the Batman, the old school TV screen, and, and that's where everything took place. And then you had enough information on, on that. It's like it's like your home screen. It's like you need a home screen in pinball in, in which it, it, it sort of communicates to you where to look and, and what you're doing. And, and, and I don't think this game has that. Like it really doesn't. And I'm, I think there's like there's a disconnect between like all these inserts, which, which I'm not even sure all of them are necessary. And maybe they could have put all of that up on the screen more and had had like your progress being built a little bit more on the screen and a little bit less with like a gazillion inserts as just like the home base to pull you through. And I'm, maybe that's confusing and maybe maybe I should sound a little confused because to me the game is just a little bit confusing about what exactly it is that we're trying to do in this game. Uh, and I read the rule card and everything like that, but I, I just think it's like it's all over the place in terms of the way the code is stitched together. So that's that's work to be done. The sound in this game is incredible. I mean, the first thing you'll notice, more than the artwork, we'll talk about that, but when you hear that Stranger Things sound and the stern speaker system in this game is incredible, the game just sounds awesome. Like it pulls you in to the Stranger Things world immediately. And the sound effects when you hit switches and spinners and drop targets are awesome. They're super awesome. I mean, I, I think if I could say the, the thing that I love the most about this game, the two things I loved the most, I loved how fast the game was, I loved the flow of the game, and I loved the sound of the game. I mean, it, it, just, it, it just is like awesome to hear the, the sound effects of this game. Now, the callouts are horrible. Like, I don't know what Stern is doing with callouts these days. Like, do they just give the actors like a, a, a sheet of paper and have them call up and just read a bunch of words like jackpot, jackpot. Oh, you get your ball back. Jackpot, super jackpot. There's absolutely no animation in their voices. It's so sad to me when they get these actors who are capable of incredible acting and then they ask them to do call-outs for a pinball machine, and there's no acting involved 
in their call outs. It's like they're just mailing it in or phoning it in. And I was really disappointed by the, by just like how bad the call outs are right now in the game. Now, I did love the fact that there are clips from the show with voices synced up. I mean, it's great. I mean, we were all worried we were not going to get those assets in this game. And we've been, you know, we've seen games like Willy Wonka completely flub that. And it was great to see that Stranger Things has permission to use all of the assets that we would want, right? They have all the kids' voices. They have them synced up with the clips from the show. So that's awesome. It adds to the connection to the IP when you play this game. It just does. Like, I think when when you start multi-ball, when Eleven, you know, sends the Hawkins van flying over them, that that's just, it's awesome. It's awesome how that all connects. And you need it because in a lot of these modes, the voices from the kids, they tell you what what mode you're about to go on and, and, and it just helps set the stage for the mode you're about to play. Now, I also love, like, the music in the different modes when you get into them. I mean, this is a mode-based game. I mean, as much as I've always said, like, you need to make mode-based pinball, this is a mode-based pinball game, and you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of different uh, musical tracks going when you start those different modes. Uh, but here's, here's the, and, and this is like part of my issue with the game. You start these different modes, but you're really just going to be shooting the same shots over and over and over again. And I know I know you could say that for all of pinball, but but there's just nothing physical in this game that connects to any of the modes at all other than the Demogorgon mode. Nothing. There's not one area of the playfield that has anything physically going on that makes any sense with the mode you're playing. So then the entire game becomes just hitting switches to see clips from the show. And that's it. Like there's there's nothing physically going on that brings any of the show to life other than that center mechanism. I know we're going to get telekinesis multi-ball, but that's not going to be a huge thing in the game. And so it just, you know, as, as I was playing the game more and more and more, I kind of just got a little bit, I don't know how do I say this, like, it just got a little boring. And and I don't mean like, I was, maybe it's just I was playing two hours straight, I mean, keep that in mind. But I guess what I'm saying is like, you just keep doing the same stuff, but you never really see the ball do anything magical, and you never are like activating areas of the play field or activating mechanisms at all. Like there's just like nothing else to really do. If you like a game, I'll say this, if you like just flow and you like speed, you might like this. It's like people who like Game of Thrones Pro, I think you're gonna love this game. If that's what you like in pinball and you like speed and you like combos and you like you know the ball staying in motion and you don't like slowing down and having the ball interact with a lot of mechanisms, then this is the game for you and that's okay. Now, if you're a person who likes a lot of toys and likes to see the ball interacting with a lot of stuff, this is not gonna be a game that gives you a lot and no more is really going to come because the ball is not really interacting with the projector stuff. That's not, no, nothing physical is gonna happen there. Another thing I did, and, and you should do this, if you stand over a Stranger Things game, stand next to it and look at the game and look how much real estate is underutilized in this game. 
I mean, basically, you know where the Demogorgon screen is, the Hawkins lab image? Anything behind that, there is almost nothing happening in this game behind that screen. You've got two pop bumpers you can't even see, so it's not rewarding at all. Like when, when the balls are in the pops, you can't even see it. So it's like, oh, okay. And then to the left, the upper left of this game is just barren. There, there's nothing there other than the ramp, which is lifted above the play field. But man, Stern really has a lot of blank real estate in this game that you know could have been used to put more in the game. I, I just get this feeling that Eddie just made the best with the amount of money they gave him. But when I look at and I look at the play field, I've never seen a game that literally has so much empty area in the upper parts of the of the game, in which normally there's stuff there we're shooting at. And, and probably the weirdest mech in this game or the weirdest feature in this game, and this feels to me like the, a prime example of something that just came as a result of him running out of money or Stern not giving him enough, is on the far left, midway up the play field, is a vertical upkick. It's, it's, a, it's a, like a little, you know, it's a little, the ball goes in like a little drop area and it kicks it out towards the Demogorgon targets, right? It's, you know, we've seen this before in, in other games, but to me, that shot is just so unrewarding. It, it, it's such a, because it, it's not satisfying because it feels like there should have been something there in which the player could have controlled something that moves back and forth and then you fire the ball towards those targets, you know, a la the cannon and ACDC in which you actually get to control your shot or the crossbow in The Walking Dead. You know, this to me is so indicative of modern day Stern and them yanking stuff out of games. And then you just have elements that absolutely make no sense. Like, let's just think about that for a minute. What is that upkick? What does that do in Stranger Things that reflects anything that's going on in the game itself or the property itself? What about the Stranger Things universe made them just put that thing there, right? It's pointless. It has nothing to do with Stranger Things. It's simply, they had to put something there. It adds a little bit of randomness to, and, and chaos to the gameplay because you're firing towards the targets, but there's nothing there. It, it's just not interesting that they used real estate to put that in the game. And that's just my biggest thing with this entire game is it seems like this entire game is going to live or die for a lot of people on whether or not the projector delivers something unique to this gameplay experience because that's the big toy. I mean, the big toy is not the Demogorgon. The big toy, the, the you know, the, the the big toy is the projector, right? That's the hyperloop of this game. That's the one that's not gonna be. That's that's the moving T-Rex, right? I mean, think about it. Whenever Stern wants to upsell you on the big difference between a pro and a premium, it's usually the big toy, mech, upper playfield, lower playfield, something of significant cost. And engineering enhancement to the game is how they say that this is the, you know, this is the feature. So what's the engineering enhancement to Stranger Things? It's the projector. It's the projector and it's the telekinesis multi-ball in the upper left corner. And I'm telling you right now, after playing this game for two hours, that telekinesis magnetic grab in the upper left corner of this game 
is going to be very underwhelming because you'll, you'll see it when you play this game. It's just like all the way back there in the upper left. It's not going to be something that really wows people. So then all of this game to me hinges on this projector. And I've talked to people who have played the projector version of the game and they're not coming out yet and they're not delivering what they know is true, that it just doesn't work that well. And it work and it looks really bad in a room with lighting. And and they just I don't, I don't know why people are holding that back, but everyone's going to find out sooner or later that this is the truth, that there's a reason why Stern is stalling on showing us the projector version of the game. And my whole thing is this. I actually think it's funny. I think for once St- the Stern Pro is just going to be the unanimous way to go. I think you're going to be able to have All of the fun you want to have with Stranger Things, if you love Stranger Things, I I think you just grab a pro and enjoy it. I mean, this game did have me going back. One more ball, one more ball. I want to go through the game. I was a little frustrated with the outlane drains on this game. This game comes from the factory. Maybe this is for operators. It comes from the factory with both of the outlane posts all the way up. And I'm saying when that ball gets into those slings, there's a lot of cheap drains in the outlanes in this game, the way it's set up from the factory. I mean, the ball was just flying out from slings right to the outlanes, and a lot of times, too, just unsavable. And I know I'm not the best player in the world, but just a lot of cheap drains in the outlanes. And then on the left outlane drain, you, you, there, there, there's a virtual ball save. This is, to me, again, like Stern is just so cheap. They can't put the freaking physical like ball save in the outlane it there's it's so not rewarding to see the ball saved and then you have to wait for it to plunge out of the right side like this is the stuff that i wish we could start demanding they put back into the game it's just so much more fun when there's a physical ball save on the left outlane stern can you hear me what is it ten dollars more a game to put that in there my god all right So that's the thing. I mean, I think this whole game is going to be a game in which some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people are going to think it brings the Stranger Things world to life. Other people are going to think it's a little bit of a chaotic mess. Uh, We haven't talked about the artwork. Now, I I was just saving the artwork to the end because I don't think I've seen a recent Stern Pinball Machine in which the art package just didn't do anything for me. It's not great. It's not. It's not horrible. It's just not great. It's just, it's really average. And considering the source material, and if you were to Google image source, Stranger Things, there's so much awesome Stranger Things artwork out there. There's so much awesome Stranger Things artwork that's out there that Netflix has created. And when I look at this art package, it just doesn't work well for pinball. It's very like watered down and muted. That is something that uh, when you put it next to all of the recent Stern machines, it just doesn't pop. It doesn't look great. And I know there's been debate with like Christopher Franchi and how he would have done it and people. And I get he does a similar thing where, you know, if you're drawing or illustrating over Uh, images that are given to you by the property. Yeah, but his stuff pops. His stuff is outlined better. It has better definition. This stuff just feels soft. And I I just don't think it looks great. And I, I don't think any of the cabinet artwork looks great on any of the models. 
it was the first time ever in a game. But maybe this is a good thing. Like, you know, maybe we've become so hyper focused on art. But no, I mean, I, I just think they could have done a far cooler job on the art package on this game. Uh, the playfield artwork, it's all right. It's all right. It's not as bad as some people are making it out to be. The game is just filled with inserts. I mean, there's you don't really appreciate the artwork on this. Like, if you go play a Deadpool and then go play a Stranger Things, you'll, you'll be like, they forgot to put the artwork into Stranger Things. There's just not that same level of, like, where the artwork and the inserts are working together to make one beautiful canvas. It just feels like all this stuff is dropped down on this play field. Uh, it, it is, there are a lot of inserts. Some of them are so damn small, you can't even read what's on the insert. And I think that's also something they need to think about. If you don't have great eyesight, you're not going to be able to read what's on those little, they're like these little diamond-shaped inserts. So anything else that I want to talk about, I'm just looking at my notes. The lockdown bar currently in code 0.75 does nothing. Like, does nothing. It never flashes. It's not coded to do anything. And it's funny to me that every single Stern game now has to have a lockdown bar button. You know why? Again, this is, again, Stern being cheap, people, because they only want to order one type of lockdown bar that has a hole in the middle of it to put a button there. And regardless if having a button there makes sense or not for the game or the, or the, the property, you are now going to get a button in the middle of every single Stern lockdown bar. And isn't it somewhat embarrassing that they ship a game with that on it and there's no, you know, there's no decal there saying what the what the button is for. There's no, not, it's not coded into anything right now. It's just sitting there like a dead limb waiting for them to do something with it. Because, see, to me, like, this seems like a little thing, but it's really not. I think it's indicative of, of one of the big issues happening over at Stern is, like, they're forcing their designers and their coders to just you, just, you have to work with this stuff, regardless if it makes sense, regardless if you want it in your game, this is what you have to do. You have to have a lockdown bar button. Now you gotta figure out way to, something to code into it. And, and, and I'm sure it makes it harder for some of these designers and coders to have to always inherit the decisions that are just made by the cheap bean counters who are just trying to maximize profit. And, and that is like, when I walk away from all these Stern machines, right? It's like a miracle to me that like Jurassic Park has what it has in it because I, I just get this overwhelming feeling that it's just bean counters are making the decisions and the designers, the designers must be so frustrated that this isn't really what they wanted it to be, but it's all they could afford to give us. That doesn't mean like it's, you know, they, they're not creating some fun games because they are, right? They are. But this game to me looks like the result of a lot of cost cutting. It also looks like a game that invested heavily on a gimmick that if it doesn't work out is going to quickly, quickly make this game a real miss for Stern Pinball in the long run. And by miss... I mean that it just won't be a game that people to consider to be one of the better Stern releases. And Stern releases, you know, great games, mediocre games, and some crappy games. For the most part, they're all pretty decent. But it's Stranger Things. And I was saying this to a friend the other day. 
if there's one thing that Stern excels at, and and it, it's like taking the biggest themes that are out there, and and the games they make are the best games they make are never based around the biggest properties. It's like they always find a way to somewhat kill our dreams a little bit. And I'm talking themes like Ghostbusters, Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Stranger Things, five juggernaut themes. And I would argue that those games were just big misses in terms of being the best we know Stern can do. And somewhere in the process of making these games, and maybe it's just the way they shuffle designers with coders, but I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But Stranger Things is one of the biggest properties in the world. And I just don't think this is gonna go down as one of the best pinball machines from Stern recently. And I don't think it's gonna go down as anything memorable a year from now. I think it's gonna go down as a, a Brian Eddy game that is fast and fun. It's gonna it's gonna make you wanna hit start over and over again because it's Stranger Things. It will. It's Stranger Things. Like if you love Stranger Things, I think you're going to enjoy this game. But again, I think all you need is the pro. I, I think the projector is going to prove to be the Achilles heel of the premium versions of this game. And if I were you, if I were you currently as it stands, and this is someone who's just played this game for hours, all right, and, and, and thank, thank God John over at Jack Bar, he, he, he let me play it for free. So I have no money invested in this. I, I'm telling you, this, out of all the games I've ever reviewed and I've ever played on Canada's Pinball Podcast, this is the one game in which you have to wait to see this projector work in real life. And if you have money in on an LE or a premium without seeing this gimmick, I'm telling you, that's a foolish thing. You don't know how it's going to be. Nobody can assume the way this projector is going to function in the real world because we've never had anyone attempt this kind of gimmick in a pinball machine. You know, journalism is dead. Journal journalism is dead. Why did Gizmodo, this is, I was thinking about this, why did Gizmodo say that this was the most technologically innovative pinball machine of all time, right? The major media outlet says that. Did Gizmodo play it? Did they even see it? The answer is no. This is all just take our word for it kind of technology right now. It might work, it might not. But Stern Pinball, where is it? Show it. They have it. It's at Stern Pinball right now. Jack Danger said he saw it in the room. People who are there have seen it. I know people who have played it who have other pinball podcasts. And yet, where is it? And so to me, it's like, until you see it, I think you're crazy to just go all in on this LE. I, 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 that, that's, my, that's my two cents. That's my two cents. This isn't like a lower play field on the Munsters that you, you know, this isn't a, a T-Rex that moves back and forth. This is the, you know, remember the images that are on the LCD and the Pro, those images are going to be projected onto that screen. So ostensibly the back LCD, that becomes what's projected and then just the score is on the back screen. So if that doesn't work well, it could 
be a, a much worse experience than the pro version of the game. And I can't wait to see it, though. I just want to play it. I just want to see it. I want to see if it works or not. I want Stern to invite people inside their factory. And, and I think they should show it working before they take people's money on the LEs. But you're not going to hear that from distributors. They want to sell out every one. And, and I'll say this. The level of people I've talked to, the number of people I know, and it's a lot of people. The, I know a lot of people who are in on an LE who just said, give me it without seeing it function. And that's the state of modern pinball. To put a bow on this year, on 2019, to put a bow on 2020, the way people buy games now, the games are unfinished. They haven't seen the damn things work yet. They haven't even seen them flip yet. I mean, we're already crowning Rick and Morty to be this greatest game of all time, and no one's even seen it flip. And that's where pinball is nowadays. People almost project. Ironically, we just project what we want games to be, how good we think they are going to be. I mean, we're projecting Lonnie's ability to make this game amazing when history has shown us that's probably not going to happen. And everything's become sort of like this unfinished desire to want to love something way more than it currently is. We, we have to buy on, buy on a whim because we might get locked out and then we're buying stuff that we've never seen we're buying stuff that's never tested we're buying stuff for 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 large amounts of money and and then the companies themselves they won't even show us the stuff that they just sold us and they won't even show us uh you know or mail stuff to us that's complete and and look maybe you're happy with that maybe that's just the way it is in pinball maybe it's always going to be that way Uh, and that's fine that's fine. If, if that's, you know, this is the hobby we all choose to be a part of. We've all chosen to be part of a hobby that mails people incomplete products and makes the customers be the guinea pigs on whether or not that game is going to one day become great, mediocre, or maybe bad. I look at all of this from the vantage point that I look at it from, and this is just me. My whole thing is this. I, I think the smart guy, the smart guy is just the guy who waits, waits to see if a game is good before he buys it. The smart guy is the guy that waits to see if the code gets to where he wants it. The smart guy waits to see if the projector actually works. I get all of us weren't smart. All of us who went in blind on Rick and Morty. All right, it's like we're all hypocrites. You put the theme in front of us, doesn't matter. I'm buying you put G1 Transformers in front of me, doesn't matter, I'm buying it. You put He-Man in front of me, it doesn't matter, I'm buying it. You put Ninja Turtles in front of some people, it doesn't matter, they're buying it. You know, Ninja Turtles, I just don't know about all the... Are all these grown men really going to want Ninja Turtles in their house? I don't know, maybe. But you know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. Look, you can go get... I'm going to close off this episode. You can go get a $12,500 Big Lebowski's now. People are starting to sell them for sticker price. Dr. Frightener's got one. Someone else is selling one. So it's 2020. It's 2020 as of tomorrow. I don't think any of us are going to change. I don't think these manufacturers are going to change next year. I don't think the pinball people who got bit by the pinball bug will change much. I I, I think we're still going to run towards the light. We're still going to be like moths to the flame. You give us a game. We're just half the half the people on Pinside are going to hate it. The other half will love it, and they'll just tear each other's heads off 
over a pinball machine discussion. But I hope this review gave you some insights into the game. Uh, Again, I, I, I just think it's an unfinished game. I wish I could give you a review of the game when the game is done. But here's the thing. When is that going to be? And we all know this. By the time this game is done and you can give a review that's based on the final product, I guarantee you this. By the time that day comes, nobody will care about Stranger Things Pinball because it'll be so many months from now. And once again, everyone who went in early, you're going to lose money and you're going to lose more and more money. And God, if you think an LE is going to hold value if that projector doesn't work, why would you take that risk? I know some of you have so much money, but I would rather spend that those thousands of dollars on experiences that I would remember for the rest of my life. And I don't think this is going to be one of them. Everyone, happy, happy new year. I always love having this discussion with all of you out there. I think the Twippy votes open up uh, this week. So I hope all of you who love Canada's Pinball Podcast can show your support and, and lending me a vote and getting a family member to vote. I hope you've enjoyed another year of Canada's Pinball Podcast. We made it. We made it through another year. Um, and that's only because of all of you who tune in and listen on a weekly basis to my opinions about the pinball industry and hobby. Everyone, have a happy and healthy uh, 2020 And we'll come back real soon with more episodes of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Have a great night. (laughs) 